This is Just for Sport with Jamoke. I hope you're doing well on this Monday morning. And yeah, we got a lot to talk about. And as I was trying to decide what was the first thing to talk about, uh, I settled on the NBA. I think that it is the... It's what happened last, last night. It's what I was watching before I went to bed. Um, actually, you know what's so funny? Actually, I was not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip it just a little bit. Uh, the last thing I was watching when I was going to bed was the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks going down to the wire, fourth down, Russell Wilson with the ball in his hands in the red zone and I said, I can't watch. And I know I'm ridiculous. And this is, it's pretty petty and crazy. But, I, you know, I just go back to as a Washington football team fan, how upset I was after the excitement the excitement of drafting Robert Griffin III with the, uh, what was he, second pick, second pick, second pick in NFL draft after Andrew Luck, right? Um, that they drafted with the, I think, the 102nd pick, Kirk Cousins. And it made me so mad. I was fuming. Because I was just like, you drafted a quarterback. I want to see us win with this quarterback. And you immediately, immediately started the QB drama by drafting Kirk Cousins after that. And ever since then, I never liked Kirk Cousins. I just didn't. I just couldn't. I don't know if he was a bad person coming in. If you look online, there's the most awkward picture of him, you know, with khakis on and a tucked in Washington football team jersey during a promo shoot. Um, that is not my kind of quarterback. But that aside, I just never got into Kirk Cousins. And for the life of me, for the life of well, I guess the life of me for the time that he's been a quarterback with Washington and now with Minnesota, I just can't get into him. I feel like from the beginning, he destroyed, destroyed any excitement with RG3. Any potential chance for growth as a quarterback was destroyed for RG3 because he was constantly looking over his shoulder at the other rookie. Hey, that's a part of sports. I get it. It's what happens. I would have been okay if it was some veteran that RG3 was going to learn from. And maybe if he didn't do well, you got to sit him, which we'll get into later as well, veteran and rookie slash young quarterbacks. But it disturbed me to no end. And it's unfair to Kirk Cousins. It really is unfair to Kirk Cousins. 
but I couldn't give him another shot. I was done. I was literally done with Kirk Cousins. So now as a Minnesota Viking, well, first, when RG3 got hurt and Kirk Cousins got in, they're like, oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins better quarterback. I'm like, I don't want to get into that because I cannot stay in quarterback controversies. Win or lose with the guy you drafted in the very, very, very almost tip-top number one draft pick. Win or lose with him. That's what I believed in and immediately went away. So even with the Minnesota Vikings, I'm so happy. The Vikings are one and four. You gave Kirk Cousins guaranteed money for all of this time. I would talk about how, well, Kirk is average. I think he's okay. Maybe you could say he was better than RG3, but, but, but we also, and it's RG3's fault, and, and maybe the staff, coaching staff, there's all the controversy of when he got hurt in the playoff game against the Seahawks, mind you, who you know, was the root of the cause of him getting injured and then trying to get back in the game and getting re-injured and then messing up his career. We won't even get into that. Bottom line is he was injured. So his career was never the same. And then Kirk Cousins became the starting quarterback and the quarterback everybody wanted to see. And I'm not going to act like there is a tinge. There is a tinge, even at that time, at least in the D.C. market where we talked about race. Oh, you got the black quarterback who's a running quarterback. We don't really like that kind of quarterback. You know, we want a solid stand-in-the-pocket quarterback, which is, for the most part, was the white quarterback. So there was a tinge of that, too. But no, mine didn't come from there. Mine strictly came from I did not like that you drafted a quarterback so high, but then said, but we really don't like him, or we're going to hedge our bets as we're on the Props Network. And we're going to go on ahead and draft another quarterback in the same draft. So I will forever root against Kirk Cousins. And I got, I got something against the man, and I don't know the man at all. But I was so happy that on fourth down, the Seattle Seahawks remain undefeated at 5-0. and And the Minnesota Vikings, who gave guaranteed money to Kirk Cousins, are 1-4. and Now, I know it's not all about the quarterback. It's not all about the quarterback, and I talked about that with Dwayne Haskins in last week's show. I get that too, but it's so sweet. It's so sweet when you have overpaid for an average quarterback that you think is going to take you to the promised land, and they are one and four. And by the way, even as a reserve, even as a reserve, I know RG3 for the Baltimore Ravens, if they could ever get to a Super Bowl, which isn't likely when you've got Patrick Mahomes playing for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid, the mastermind that he is. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, it's a long shot you're going to get to the Super Bowl. You're going to need an injury, which no one wants, and we'll get into injuries later. But I just don't see, I feel like for the Baltimore Ravens, um, and any other talented quarterback right now, Russell Wilson, um, Ben Roethlisberger, well, Tom Brady, although I know, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I wonder if you are now witnessing, and most people say, yes, the coming of the Michael Jordan, so to speak. You know, he had the no-look touch, the no-look reception last year everybody was so excited about. This is the Michael Jordan era in the NFL where Patrick Mahomes will always win and all of these other great quarterbacks 
are just going to start to lose to Patrick Mahomes. And this is the end, right? You look at all the greats in the NBA back in the day, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing. I know I'm missing some, but everyone all of a sudden, when Michael Jordan hit that sweet spot and they won that first championship, it was over. It was over for the rest of the NBA, except for when Michael Jordan retired, which will always be a mystery why he retired. Because to me, you're the ultimate competitor. You don't retire. You don't retire when you won three in a row. And you know that Bill Russell, who, by the way, when the Lakers won the NBA championship, who do they talk about as the greatest champion? Bill Russell. He will always be known as the greatest champion, even when he's no longer with us. Because they won eight titles in a row, right? Uh, 10 out of 11 championships, I think. So for Michael Jordan to only win three, I'm going off on a pivot here. And then to just retire. And then Hakeem Olajuwon and the Rockets get to win two, which we all know. It was because Michael Jordan wasn't there. Something's fishy. Something's fishy. We'll never know the real answer to that. I doubt it. I doubt it. But I digress. I digress because I went off off script there. Thank you very much for watching here on Just For uh, Just for Sport, the Props Network on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, I really appreciate it. We are going to be streaming live. New schedule every Monday and Thursday at 9 is our new schedule. That's our new schedule. So I'm really excited. I love the mornings. I'm up. I'm awake. So we're going to get back to the NBA. But first, are you betting on the NFL? Well, now you can't really bet on the NBA unless you're looking at next season, right? How about did you bet on the French Open? That ended. Take some of the action to bet MGM. And by the way, I got the men's champion right. I said Rafa. I know it wasn't, you know, he was a favorite. Come on. It's Rafa. But I still got it. Uh, Why do you want to take your action to bet MGM? Because for a limited time, BetMGM has a special, special signing bonus for you, for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM. That's right. Use the code JUSTSPORT20, that's for this show, Just for Sport, to get a 100% match, 100% match when your first deposit of $500. That's right. Just enter code JUSTSPORT20 and up to $500 bonus bankroll is yours is yours come on $500 bonus bank bro you want that then you'll enjoy all that bet mgm has to offer like earning $10 free bets every week in the money monday club multi-sport parlay boosters and the new edit my bet feature that allows players to change their bet tickets after they are submitted that's a great feature BetMGM Sportsbook is live for legal betting in Colorado, Indiana, Nevada, New Jersey, and West Virginia. Try BetMGM with code JUSTSPORT20 now. And the other thing that I like is they have this feature called the Parlay Builder. And I need that because I can't keep dragging my picks over and to see what's going to make a parlay. And maybe you're going to, you're, you're a season better and you're like, rookie, I do not know how to bet, make a parlay bet. I don't know. I'm just using what I see. And I'm dragging my bets over and seeing what I can turn into a parlay. We'll bet MGM has a parlay builder. You can't beat that feature. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. So here we go. Back to the show. 
the NBA bubble champs have been crowned. And the winner is the Los Angeles Lakers. Did I pick the Lakers? No. I had them kind of second behind the Clippers. Not going to act like I wasn't on that Clipper bandwagon. But, 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 I was second place. I had the Lakers. To me, the championship was Lakers versus Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. That was, whoever was going to win that was going to be the champion. Now, I love the Heat. I thought it was an it's an awesome, he, they were an awesome story. Jimmy Butler, you know, has a great story if you don't know about Jimmy Butler. Um, the Miami Heat have a great story. Uh, being the fifth seed, uh, I can't remember what year, lowest seed since I'm going to say 2000, I think, to make to the NBA Finals. Um, so that was a great story as well. But the Los Angeles Lakers win the title. But the larger picture, the bigger story for me is the success of the NBA bubble. They were at the forefront, the first league to say, we're doing a bubble. We're going down to Disney. We're doing a bubble. Zero positive tests in the bubble. That's amazing. That is truly amazing. Shout out to my friend Chelsea, who was in the bubble. She made it through the entire time in the bubble. I texted her last night, said congratulations for making through the bubble. I hope to have her on Just for Sport one day to talk about her uh, experience from behind the scenes. Chelsea didn't play. She's a part of the uh, entertainment staff, the game entertainment staff making everything look pretty for what you see on camera and for all of the fans in the arena. And I'm very proud of her. But the NBA bubble life, the Twitter handle, RIP, assuming that NBA is going to try to go into arenas and have limited capacity fans next season. I know that's what they're going to want to try to do. The draft is coming up soon, which I know is like, wait, what? The NBA draft? Yep. The commissioner, Adam Silver, he wants the league to start up again, maybe Christmas Day. That was all, that's always been the big day for the NBA. It's kind of like the end of the NFL season, the playoffs, getting ready for the Super Bowl. That was like the kickoff day for the NFL. I mean, excuse me, for the NBA. NFL was off is what I was trying to say. But this has been the longest season in NBA history. Expanded longer than a year. Longer than a year if you add in the training camp and the start of the season. That's amazing. Yeah, October 2019 was the start of the season, and it ended in October 2020. A full calendar year season. It will forever, at least I hope, I hope, imagine you hope too will be the longest season and the only season that lasts this long in NBA history. I can't deal with another pandemic. I don't want another pandemic, and I don't. Know, I know you all don't want another pandemic. But the Lakers make history, tying the Celtics for 17 titles all time. 17. My bullets are 16 away. They got some work to do. Got some work to do. I don't know if anybody will ever get to 17 outside of the two teams that are there. That is a feat that I think goes in the 
will never be accomplished, which I'm going to get into that later. Uh, the, the list that I saw of feats that will never be accomplished. But the Lakers, they make history. And there's so many storylines with this championship. Let me go down the list here of the ones that I think about. And then maybe if you find some more, you can join the chat. Uh, text me if you have one where you're like, hey, um, you miss one. But here are my storylines. Magic Johnson should still be there. It's a shame what happened to him. He really was the beginning of building this championship. He brought LeBron to the Lakers. From there, Rich Paul and LeBron recruited Anthony Davis. It was the debacle from the beginning or the first attempt, but they finally got Anthony Davis. It was just so, it was a beautiful sight to see the emotion that was almost like when you were a kid. When you were a kid and that, the cry of joy, seeing Anthony Davis, not only crying tears of joy, but he tried to walk away and have a private moment because he didn't want the cameras and his teammates to see him crying. And LeBron James follows him into the dark bowels, the corner of the court that you can still see on the screen and gives him a hug from behind. And then Anthony Davis starts to smile because he has so much joy. Like, that was beautiful. That probably was the most beautiful moment of seeing a champion that I've ever witnessed live. To see the, the, the super Hall of Fame, one-of-a-kind veteran in LeBron James, all smiles. He's like, man, I've been here before. I mean, he did. LeBron James did cry when he won that first championship for Cleveland. Cleveland, this is for you. He did cry then. But there was a maturity level that he knew. He saw what Anthony Davis was experiencing with his emotions. And he hugged him and said, it's, good. it's all good. It's all good. And he smiled and made Anthony Davis smile. That was wonderful. Now, as a Washington Wizards fan, I always keep a tally of the former Washington Wizards that have won titles. And this, this list is the greatest of all time. There are four Count them, four former Washington Wizards that have won rings with the Los Angeles Lakers last night. My favorite, we go way back. We were making YouTube videos when YouTube was just starting. JaVale McGee, he won his third ring. Third. Remember in Washington with all the fans? Remember when all the fans were like, oh, JaVale McGee, get rid of him. He's not talented. He's a waste of a center. Yeah, well, he's got three rings now. The Golden State Warriors had him on their team, and they don't play. They don't get ridiculous players to join their team. He's got three rings. Dwight Howard, in his second stint with the Los Angeles Lakers, remember the first stint where he and, and Shaq were getting into it because Dwight Howard was calling himself Superman as a Laker? And Shaq was like, no, I'm Superman. Well, that failed. Dwight Howard and Kobe experiment. But this second go-round, Dwight Howard, former Washington Wizard, who had, you know, hip and butt issues in Washington, goes to Los Angeles, now he's got a ring. How about that? He finally brought a ring to Los Angeles. Jared Dudley, one of the most 
gregarious, funny guys, just always has a smile on his face. He may not have gotten the games, but let me tell you what. He's the kind of veteran you want on that bench. He was fun to get to know. He was always willing to do stuff with the media. He's just a funny guy. He was just really cool, and I really liked him. And I'm very, very happy for him to win the championship. And if you saw some of the Bubble Life videos or whatever, where he talked about, yeah, we're coming back. Jared Dudley is a type of veteran that you probably want on your bench next season for LeBron James, the GM and coach and best player on the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, he won the MVP last night. Every title he's won, he was an MVP. He's won four championships, two with the Heat, one with Cleveland, and now one with Los Angeles. And the last one, Keith Morris, Mark Keith Morris, family over everything. That's right. Keith Morris gets a ring. So that's four Washington Wizards, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Jared Dudley, and Mark Keith Morris, all with rings. I'm happy for all of them. And Morris was a solid dude, too. He was really good, and I love what he did in the community, and I love family over everything. I got some family over everything gear. You can get some family over everything gear. The DMV's own, I can't call him the mighty Quinn, Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook gets another title. He got one with Golden State. I was happy to see that. Danny Green. Now, everybody talked about LeBron James has three titles with three teams. Danny Green does, too. How about that? And, and, because the storylines just keep coming. We maybe thought Giannis Antetokounmpo was going to be the first Antetokounmpo uh, sibling to win a title. No, it's Costas. Costas Antetokounmpo gets a ring before his brother Giannis. How about that? And Dion Waiters played for both teams that were in the NBA Finals. So he was going to get a ring and a playoff check no matter what. Well, granted, the Miami Heat would have had to vote it to give, would have had to vote to give him that if they had won. I did want to see a game seven. I did, but we just didn't get it. I think the Heat were, they were gassed. It took everything to win game five. It really did. It really did. But they pulled it out. They pulled it out. But Deion Waiters gets the ring. He was a cast off of the Heat. Go away. We don't want you anymore. You're cancer to the team. We don't like your, you don't fit the culture here. Whatever the case may be of what it was, bottom line is he's getting a ring. Now, J.R. Smith, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but it was funny. It was like, of course, he was shirtless, right? Before, really, before the buzzer sounded, he was shirtless, which is like, that's, that's quality J.R. Smith. But it's funny because when Rachel Nichols or Maybe it was Adam Silver who, you know, was very congratulatory, not just to the Lakers, but to everyone who is, you know, a part of the bubble. And I thought he made, you know, a, some very good points about what the NBA stands for, what they've done for social justice, what the league went through to make the bubble happen. But when it was time for someone to pick up the trophy, it was like the last player sound, the last player sign was the first player to touch the trophy. J.R. Smith was like, uh, I'll take it. So he picks it up out of the Louis Vuitton case. I'm a Goyard man uh, myself. Um, I, I don't know. Everybody's got Louis. I like Goyard. I never, I don't buy anything Goyard. Haven't wanted to spend that kind of money. But um, Louis Vuitton case is pretty cool. I hope they give that to the Los Angeles Lakers. But it was just funny to see J.R. Smith be the first one to grab the trophy. Um. 
The other storyline that, you know, I had Michael Lee on. You can hear a past podcast talking about it um, The with Joel Wolkowski. Uh, throughout this entire NBA bubble run as we talk about who are our favorites to win it all. Um, But Michael Lee said something to me that really stuck with me. For better or for worse, about if we should be celebrating Kobe Bryant as a Los Angeles Laker, that the Los Angeles Lakers are winning the title for Kobe. Was that wrong to do that? Um, and he opened my eyes to something that I never really, really thought of as, as an issue. But I heard him out and it was quite interesting to hear someone with such conviction as to why we should not be attaching Kobe to this Lakers championship. But I think it's hard for a Laker nation as they were all celebrating in the streets. As I tweeted at Jamoke Davis, if you saw it, um, there was a guy in one of those bubble, you know, human bubble things that you can smash up against other people. That's how he was celebrating in the streets yesterday. I thought that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Um, but you you end up in a situation where I'm torn now because I understand what Michael Lee was talking about to just say, oh, they're doing it for Kobe and they wore the black mamba shoes and, you know, black... Uh, Black Mamba sneakers or gold sneakers. I think Anthony Davis wore, twisted his ankle in game five, actually, almost got hurt. But I know for the Lakers, like, you know, they were winning it for him. And now and we'll just, you know, hey, that's what ended up happening is they're winning it for Kobe. They did it for partially for Kobe. And that was touching. And I'm no, I know it's touching for the fans and for anybody who back when Kobe Bryant passed away, you may have already said right then, oh, the Lakers are winning the championship because they're going to do it for Kobe. It's a possibility, and it's a possibility that ended up being a reality that the Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA championship. But the other thing is, you know, I go back and forth on the Kobe thing as I have my different discussions with other people in sports over text chains and group me and this, that, and the other about the legacy of LeBron James. Did he chase a championship when he went to Miami? Some people don't want to give him credit for that. You know, the Cleveland championship, I think that was special. Um, that was very special. But then in L.A., how bad of a season that first season was for him in L.A. And then he realized, hey, I, I need someone to come in. We need to build a better champion, so to speak. And they built a better champion in. They built a they built a better champion in the. bringing of Anthony Davis here to win a title. 
That's what they did. They brought Anthony Davis to L.A. And in bringing him to L.A., it was a, it was wonderful. Because I think you have someone who is in, as you listen to him um, talk last night, to hear him talk about kind of passing the torch. He's going to be 36 soon. Anthony Davis is the, the second coming. I don't know if you want to call him the second coming, but I feel like he was recognizing that this is going to be Anthony Davis's team moving forward. And now he has brought him to L.A. He's got a legacy now. Anthony Davis and LeBron James will be linked with this championship. And now Anthony Davis, it'll be his team, sort of. It'll be interesting because I think LeBron James is going to play as long as he can to play with his son. I think that's why he will keep playing for a while. But he's got four titles. Three championships with three teams. And as I talked to Joe Yasharoff in Thursday's live stream, he talked about, you know, yeah, there are a lot of great players of the past. And maybe it's at a point where we need to just watch greatness. Just watch greatness. Let's not think about LeBron James, where does he rank? Is he better than Michael Jordan? Is he better than Magic Johnson? Let's not, let's not do that. Let's just say that we are watching someone make history. As I'm sitting here, I wanted to pull up a, a note that I had here. Watching LeBron James is, as I put on my notepad, as I have notes, I just put them in my phone and I should have put on the rundown here. He does belong in the category by himself. LeBron James does. To think about how young he was coming out of high school no one's done that. No one's come out of high school, become the face of a franchise, be in the NBA playoffs before most of us had our own apartment. We're out on our own, graduated from college. He was taking his team to the playoffs. I'm a Wizards fan. I was watching the crab dribble as we had the big three of Gilbert Arenas, Karam Butler, and Antoine Jameson. And this high school kid, a high school kid, is building a, a, a legacy. He's building a legacy. 
And to see him from then, a high schooler going to the NBA, he didn't win a championship with Cleveland the first time, but he got to the he got there. He got to the playoffs. Didn't win a championship. Then to go to Miami, that was a debacle with the the uh the decision. And the not one, not two, not three championships, you know, yeah, he winning all of that. And they only won two. But a string of eight straight, eight straight trips to the NBA Finals. Is Bill Russell like? Is Bill Russell like? Didn't win them all. So not Bill Russell, but Bill Russell, or rather Celtics like. Let me be fair to the Boston Celtics and the great players, the Sam Joneses of the world that also. Heck, John Thompson was on those teams. They, he did something with multiple teams that is really unheard of. With Cleveland, Miami, then Cleveland. Then we had a break with the Lakers, and now he's back and he won the title. So his legacy is... Something to be witnessed. And I remember, I don't know if y'all remember the, the the one of the best, best posters I've ever seen traveling with the Wizards and we played in Cleveland and I saw it for the first time, the Witness Nike poster, huge, larger than life poster on the side of a big building. Just enjoy watching the greatness that is LeBron James. It's the best thing you can do. Don't try to compare them. Don't get into who's better. And just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I know I did. I really did last night. And and I didn't know how much I would enjoy it, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All right. We're going to switch to the NFL next. But first, okay, people. It's time to have a serious conversation about your bookies and illegal offshore betting sites. You can get rid of them now. Just cut ties. Cut ties completely. Legal sports books have a better user experience, more promos, bigger signing bonuses, and you know your money is safe. I look at my money all the time. I got on DraftKings. Got on DraftKings right now. Where do you find a legal sports book in your state? At thepropsnetwork.com. That's right, right here. The Props Network only ranks regulated U.S. sports books and is also where you'll find the best available bonuses to so, so start using them. Plus, you'll get great content from real media pros. If I want to call myself that, Sam, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> like me, real media pros on Just for Sport. How about that? So when legal betting comes to your state, make sure your first stop is the propsnetwork.com. It's like a buffet. We got like a buffet of every single legal sports book you could consider. That's what we've got. That's what we got. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. So if you or someone you know, if you or someone or you know have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. I dabble. You know, I got kids. I try not to do too much, but I dabble. You know, I enjoy betting. I do enjoy it. All right. We're talking NFL now. And boy, what a weekend it was. 
And we've got the best and the worst stories is what I wanted to cut it down to. Now, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, as you're watching live here on the Pross Network, this is Just for Sport. We're live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, whichever one you're watching. Thank you very much for joining us. Please join the chat if you've got something to say. You've got something to say, join in. I'm going to save the best for last, so I'm going to start with the worst. Boy, do I feel, do I feel for Dak Prescott. Oh, do I feel for Dak Prescott. You want to talk about odds? The odds of the... Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl were not good, not great, not great. Super Bowl winner, we have the Dallas Cowboys at plus 5,000. Well, let me tell you something. That number is going way down. I'm looking at the BetMGM numbers here. Plus 5,000 on BetMGM. Those numbers are going way down. And I feel for Dak Prescott. He underwent successful surgery Sunday night after he suffered a compound right ankle fracture. And I was watching that live. And I just said, ooh, that is nasty. I knew it was over for him. And I felt for him to see him crying. To see him crying, you know, well, first when he's laying on the ground, he immediately is telling the medical staff, come over, we got a problem. And then after, you know, it was the, the beauty of it was not just seeing the uh, head coach of the Cowboys. Why am I saying Mike McCarthy? Get him out of my head. But the, the person I enjoyed that I, that I have in my head, and I know he's not the coach anymore, was Jason Garrett. He's the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. And to see him next to Dak Prescott, too, was, was special and sad at the same time. Um, because I know, you know, Jason Garrett had a special place in his heart for Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott's injury, we knew it was we, I mean, everybody on television and Twitter started going crazy. Everybody was, you know, you could see the players on the sideline putting up their prayers and, you know, taking one knee. And it was just quiet because you knew that this is the end of Dak Prescott's season. Dak Prescott's done. He was having a good game. He had passed for more yards than any quarterback in the first five games with like 1,600-plus yards. He was having a great season. In Jerry Jones's booth, there were people crying, tears. They knew it was over. Jerry Jones said in the statement Sunday night, quote, he has no doubt that Prescott will return to the position of leadership and purpose that he brings to our team. Ezekiel Elliott, quote, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. It sucks. It sucks. I know we won, but it sucks to lose Dak, our leader. Dak Prescott was building a good rapport with CeeDee Lamb, maybe the rookie of the year at wide receiver, and it's over. 
And it's sad because not only is it over for Dak Prescott's season, but the business of football, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys could not come to terms on a contract. So Dak Prescott was playing on a franchise tag, which means he's getting paid a lot of money for this one season. And I know about playing on a franchise tag. Back to my man, my man, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't even like saying his name, Kirk Cousins. He got $50 million on two seasons of just franchise tags from Washington because they didn't want to sign him to extension. They just couldn't believe that he was the type of quarterback that was like a franchise quarterback. Yeah, we're signing you to a long-term contract. So they gave him $50 million for two seasons. Two. Dak Prescott was playing on one franchise tag, and I'm sure they were hoping, well, next season we'll get to your contract. Well, he ain't getting the kind of money he was going to get before this ankle injury, unless Jerry Jones just feels it like in the goodness of his heart to give Dak a lot of money. This will come to play in the contract negotiations. And that is the added part of what makes what happened to Dak Prescott the worst thing that happened in week five in the NFL. It's a tough business. It's a tough business. So those tears for Dak, I imagine were not just because his ankle, he was in pain, not just because he knew his season was over and he felt for his teammates and he thought that they were building something in Dallas, but he knows that that bank account is going to be a little slightly smaller, slightly smaller. Yeah, it will be. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Now, what is also unfortunate, which will tie into the best story, the best story from week five is the debacle, the debacle that is the Washington football team quarterback situation. Mm, mm, mm. So let's go back here. Let's see what we have here. Washington says, yeah, our quarterback is no good uh, in Dwayne Haskins. We're going to demote him all the way down to the third string because that's where he belongs. And we are going to upgrade. We're going to upgrade Cal Allen to first string. Why? 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 Ron Rivera says, we need someone who knows our system. That's, that's the issue. You know, and realistically, uh, okay, reading between the lines, you know, he's basically trying to say, yeah, the reason why we're not scoring points is because we don't have a quarterback who knows our system. That's, that's where we are here. We need a quarterback that knows our system. And if we get a quarterback that knows our system, we're going to score more points. We're going to score more points. The problem is, the problem is, you couldn't get Kyle Allen to stay on the, the field. 
Now, it's a shame. It was due to uh, an injury. 9 of 13 for 74 yards. Okay. It's good. But he didn't last the whole game. He didn't even make it through the whole game. And not that I, I'm not trying to blame it on Kyle Allen as much as just to say in almost like a you reap what you sow, you know, that's kind of what you get. I just don't understand what's with this team. And I was in the minority on this, you know, but I was reading stories about how there was a, you know, players were upset because Dwayne Haskins was looking at his stats at the end of the the loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And I was like, okay, what player doesn't look at stats? What coaches don't look at stats? What fans, you and I, when we're trying to decide who goes on our, who we're putting in our fantasy team, right? Who you're going to do for daily fantasy at the end of the game, when your team win or loses, you look at the stats. We all look at the stats. So what? Dwayne Haskins was looking at his stats. Maybe he was talking to a teammate. He's like, you know what? Maybe I'm getting better. My first game where I passed over 300 yards, that's kind of, you know, looking at some, taking positives out of negatives. What do coaches do all the time? You look for positives in negatives. But instead, it was thought of as a negative. Dwayne Hackens, you got to go. Teammates didn't like him talking about his stats. I was in the minority on that knowledge. Okay, you're ridiculous. He shouldn't be talking about his stats. The team lost. Well, the team lost again. The defense gave up 30 or more points for the fourth straight week. They scored 10 points. 10 points. So don't talk to me about Dwayne Haskins. I don't want to hear it. It's dumb. It is dumb to put everything on a quarterback who's barely 23. He's played for three head coaches. In his season and a half, he hasn't even played a full season yet. That's how short his career is. So it's ridiculous and stupid. Of course, Kyle Allen, now he's going to play next week. I'm going to be watching you. Let's see. And I hope I eat my words. I hope that Kyle Allen does well. I hope that the Washington football team does well. That's what I hope. But I tell you what, if they don't, if they don't, don't talk to me about Dwayne Haskins. Don't talk to me. Now, the beauty of it, the beauty of that game, the unfortunate side of Kyle Allen getting injured is I cannot believe Alex Smith made it onto a football field. No touchdowns, 9 of 17 for 37 yards. But what he went through, can you believe what Kyle Allen went through? If you don't know the story, how do you not know the story? He got sacked six, he got sacked six times, like a tongue twister yesterday. It was his first game back since 2018. He has the best comeback story ever. He suffered a spiral and compound fracture to his tibia and fibula in his right leg. Then it got infected, so he was back out again. Had numerous surgeries. Numerous surgeries. 17. 
he took to the field. He was the quarterback for the Washington football team. The greatness that is Joe Theismann, my favorite Washington football team quarterback, tweeted, incredible story. And it was an incredible story. And it was just amazing to see Alex Smith back on the, on the field. I just, wow, wow. That was, that was just wonderful. That really was. Now, uh, another story that was quite amazing. Uh, I always thought of the Pittsburgh Steelers as being the one of the premier franchises that wins all the time, all the time. So to find out yesterday in their 38 to 29 win over the Philadelphia Eagles, the battle of the Keystone State, that this is only the first time since 1979 that the Steelers have started 4 and 0. That's amazing. That is truly amazing to me. I just can't believe it. Now, I talked about C.D. Lamb on the Cowboys being possibly rookie of the year. Um, and I think he is ahead of the person I'm going to say now. But Chase Claypool for the Steelers was pretty good yesterday. Seven passes, 110 yards, and three touchdowns, and a rushing score. I wish I had him on my fantasy team. Let me tell you something. Chase Claypool. Again, another tongue twister. Chase Claypool is going to be a talented wide receiver for years to come. He's just a dynamic wide receiver. He's got speed. He's not a small receiver. And in a long line of great wide receivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, Chase Claypool is going to be up there. He's going to be up there. You got Heinz Ward was the last one that, you know, I mean, I know we're going to say, uh, uh, Antonio Brown, but I know that there are some issues with how things ended there. And he was great. And you got Juju Smith-Schuster on one side right now, who is really a, an amazing wide receiver. And he and Chase, they're going to be a great tandem. They're going to be a great tandem. Um, lastly, for the NFL, as a coronavirus, eight games have been affected by COVID-19 infections and how the NFL will play this 250 plus games in 17 weeks. I just don't see it happening now. I mean, I think we're going to end up going into a 19 week, 20 week season and the playoffs are going to have to be pushed back, right? Because the only other option, the only other option realistically is some sort of a bubble. And as I've said multiple times, it's going to have to be some kind of a division bubble. 
I was texting a friend last night, and I said, yeah, division bubble. Like, But it's got to be stadiums close by, like an hour, maybe two hours apart. But I can't help but think that the two that come to mind for me, you can't include New York, New York, because both teams play in the same stadium. But you've got a bunch of stadiums in L.A. If there are enough hotel rooms for all the teams, especially because MLB playoffs are there too. You got San Diego, you know, a little further south if you want to add that as a stadium too. But the Baltimore-Washington could be a bubble. You've got the Baltimore Ravens Stadium and the Washington football team stadium right there. Maybe you can add Philly in there, and that's a bubble. You're going to have to figure out something, and I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to try to do it. They're going to try to do it. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. I'm rooting for the Tampa Bay Rays. I want nothing other than for the Tampa Bay Rays to eliminate. I mean, every I guess every team they're going to play, I'm going to say I'm rooting for that team. And here we are in the ALCS, and the Houston Astros are still alive. Why? Why? I want good things to happen to good people. Now, does that mean that I should say I want bad things to happen to bad people? No, it's not fair to say that. It's not fair to say that. But Tampa did win game one, two to one in dramatic fashion. But I can't watch because I just don't want to see Houston win a game. I just don't. And so anything they do that could be good, I just get infuriated. But Tampa Bay's up 1-0. So I'm excited. Let's go Rays. That's right. I'm a Rays fan. And let's hope that they eliminate Houston. And I'll be done. I'll be done after this season. I hope. I hope. I feel like I got my fingers crossed or behind my back. Like, yeah, I'm going to be done this season talking about Houston and how they need to be punished more. Because they should be. And I understand the team got punished, draft picks and stuff and and money. But I am talking about the players getting immunity. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. No. No. Too many other people within the organization, Jeff Lunau fired, too many people within that organization's lives were affected, and the players get to skate. I just, I just can't. I just mm-mm, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Now, if they end up playing the Dodgers and the Dodgers beat them, obviously the Dodgers are one of the first teams to along with the Oakland Athletics, but really the Dodgers were the first team when they had Mike Spears to say, Mike Fire, excuse me, if I said his name right, gosh, I'm getting his name all wrong, to kind of be the whistleblower. And no one was happy about that, but like, what else are you going to do, right? I mean, come on. It's unfair what they did. It really is unfair. And that's all I got to say about that. I'm going to leave it alone. I talked about this show being about history today, and two things happened yesterday that were quite amazing, and this is kind of a a mix of um, a sport you may not know about, but you should know about, is Formula One, and Lewis Hamilton, who is a minority and is war, you know, uh, been a proponent of Black Lives Matter and 
he is one of the greatest and will be with his next win, the greatest Formula One racer ever. With his win and at the Eiffel GP Grand Prix, he equaled Michael Schumacher with his 91st victory. That's a record. 91 Formula One victories for Lewis Hamilton driving for Mercedes. It's just amazing. I'm sitting there watching the race, and I just could not believe he's won 91 races. He's amazing. I love Michael Schumacher for Ferrari. I used to watch him all the time. And actually, it's quite interesting that Michael Schumacher's son, Mick, was supposed to drive in the practice for Alfa Romeo, and this tournament was in Germany, where Michael Schumacher is from, in, at the Nürburgring, which I play on Gran Turismo, not in real life, play on Gran Turismo. But there's no doubt that Lewis Hamilton is going to get 100 Formula One victories, and that's amazing. So kudos to him for winning another race. He is going to... Uh, the Constructors' Champion will go to Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton will be the number one racer in Formula One again this year. It's, it's no, not a landslide. I guess, you know, his teammate's really good too, but it's Lewis Hamilton. He's the best. Now, I'm going to end the show talking about Rafa Nadal. He won the French Open. His 20th Grand Slam title tying Roger Federer on the men's side for most titles in the open era, Grand Slam titles. But he also won his 13th French Open title, and I watched that too. He demolished what really is another great player in Novak Djokovic in the French Open final. 6 6-4. 7-5, excuse me. I am just amazed to have watched three great players win in one day. Lewis Hamilton, Rafa Nadal, and LeBron James. Let's talk about the importance of just enjoying the sports and watching greatness. That's what I'm going to end on today you're watching greatness I don't want to get into who's better who's not who's worse I'm going to start just watching greatness and enjoying greatness if I can I know it's difficult for me to do too but I watched greatness yesterday and maybe you saw a little bit of greatness too if you only watched NBA and you didn't see Formula 1 in the French Open but greatness was yesterday. Saturday was a great day. 10-10-2020. I did nothing. I got nothing to say. 10-10-2020 was special. But, but, my brother's birthday was 10-11. Happy birthday, Sumer. Oh, dear, dear friends of mine, welcome their new baby boy into the world. Welcome to the world, Quinn. And congratulations, Chelsea, for making it through the bubble. That's all I got for today. Hope you enjoy watching. Ciao for now. I'm out.